This episode of the Tim Fowler Show is brought to you by Wellborn Cabinet, kitchen and bath cabinetry made in the USA. Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. Today we will be talking about building the next generation of trades with the help of special guest Breck Goyne of Builders of Insta and Hammer in San Francisco, California. Alongside Tim Fowler, I'm your co-host Steve Wheeler. Here is the Tim Fowler Show. Hi everyone, Tim Fowler here and welcome to the Tim Fowler Show. So we've talked about the labor shortage a lot over uh, the time frame that we've been doing the podcast is probably at least 10 or more of the podcasts are directly associated and probably many of the others we hit on it in some uh, fashion. And so uh, we hope that we're having an impact. Uh, One of the great things about doing the podcast is we get to talk to people that are actually making a difference. They're actually doing something instead of you know, just complaining about it. So we've talked to many people about getting involved by putting programs, initiatives, things like that to tackle this problem. Now, just a little aside here from my vantage point. So this show is about education, right? So Steve and I, we work really hard to get guests in. They're going to help educate listeners in some way. We also hope that they're entertaining. So What I'm starting to feel like, though, is that we're writing a script for a movie called Educating Tim, because that's the case today. Today, Tim gets an education. Now, those of you who know me a little bit know that I am not uh, really into social media. I do have accounts on a couple of places, uh, but I find it difficult to connect. I find it difficult to kind of make that part of my experience. And for those of you who don't know that I'm about 63 years old, I'm in that generation that probably goes, you know, if I haven't got it now, I'm probably not gonna get it. But anyway, so this is a lot about educating me. So we're talking with someone today who is making a difference. Again, reaching out to uh, the next generation that does appreciate social media that does appreciate that type of contact, that type of uh, connection. And so uh, I'm here to learn. So this will be a great experience for me. I'm going to try to guide the conversation. I'm sure Steve's going to jump in, but let's go ahead and get started, Steve. Good. Well, I'm excited to welcome our next guest. Born in a family of trades, Brett Goyne, a 27-year-old entrepreneur, grew up working next to his father in construction. Over the last three years, he has built one of the largest building-related communities on social media, retired from couch surfing, and is now on a mission to build the next generation of construction. Welcome to the show, Breck. Gentlemen, thank you for having me. Hey, I need to know, do you hold the record for the biggest couch ever surfed? (laughs) Oh, man, definitely not. Definitely not. (laughs) I wish. I wish. Oh, man, I thought we were going to get some other fabulous statistic about you going there. So, Uh, Thanks for the uh, mental model. Yeah, okay. So, all right. Again, from my vantage point, I'm not sure what you do 
Uh, maybe there's some other listeners that are maybe as detached from social media as I am, but I think most probably are not. But tell us a little bit about what you do uh, with the business that you have in terms of, of the connections that you're making. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, well, my, my journey obviously started off in construction like you guys talked about. Um, I'd founded a social media channel called Builders of Insta three years ago, and that's really led into being the catalyst to uh, starting a, a platform called Hammer. And that's essentially just a free mobile application that enables people in the industry to connect, get advice, allows them to build some pretty awesome profiles and pretty much acts like their digital resume where they can highlight the things they build, the companies they work for and uh, the skills that they have. Okay. So how do you, I know it's not spelled like we normally spell it. So <laughs> tell, give us, give us the spelling of that, uh, of that site or that app. Yeah. So it's, H-A-M-M-R. Um, the E was too expensive for us. So we had to, we had to slash that one. <laughs> no way. That Really? That's the reason? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. When we were uh, naming the company, I remember uh, both the domains were actually chosen. And I had called the broker that owned the, the Hammer.com, the E-R. And it was uh, very, very expensive. So we had to take that out and it was much more affordable. So okay. Hammer with no E. Okay, I understand now. All right, I understand that part of it. So, so tell us how it works. How does how does it work? Like if it, let's suppose I was interested in being a part of that, you know, what would I get from it? What would I give to it? Uh, how does that interplay work? Yeah. So, Hammer. Anyone in the construction can join the application for free. Um, you can start building your profile of work and adding your experience and the skill sets to that. The the main benefit of Hammer is we're really trying to empower the people in the field to build their reputation online so they can get access to great job opportunities and have this sort of digital resume that follows with them where they can show the projects that they build and uh, find the best opportunities out there in the industry for them. Um, and really right now it's more of a community, a network that enables them to build these profiles and connect with people. But over time, our goal is to really evolve the app and the platform into a place where you know, people can experience the industry in a much better way and have better transparency into the career opportunities, you know, that the industry has to offer. So I guess long story short, our goal is just to try to make the construction industry uh, more sexy and uh, <laughs> to help the next generation get, exactly access, to the, uh, get access to these uh, job opportunities. So there's really two different functions. And this, again, I'm, I'm learning something here. There's two different functions. One for example, if I was a, a part of that, I might go on there and go like, oh, I think I'd like to do that, even though I never knew I, that that even existed because it's not. So you get exposed to other types of construction by flipping through. I did, I did look at it, mm -hmm. uh, by the way. I did flip through the website so I could see what was going on. But, but so I, I might get exposed to the fact that people build this way in this part of the world or this part of the country. And so I might go like, hey, I would really like to do that. And then the other side of it is other people get to see what you've built. Is, exactly. that, is that right? Yeah, exactly. Um, we're really uh, trying to provide a platform that engages people on a deeper level. And it's not from the standpoint of this is what people want or, or you know, this is what we should push the motive for people to see in construction. It's rather they can see what it's like a day in the life of being a foreman, a superintendent, a pipe okay. fitter, a carpenter, and getting that really in-depth uh, 
perception of what it's like to actually be in the industry. Okay. So right now I often hear voices while we do the podcasts and I'm hearing this chorus of production managers and business owners that are saying, I don't want my people on there. Somebody might steal them. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm just kind of want, again, maybe just a tongue in cheek way of kind of asking the question, like, why would we want to increase that when so many people are looking for workers and they could easily go on there and go like, Hey, that person's in my hometown. I'll offer them a dollar an hour more. So I'm just kind of playing a little bit of devil's advocate here. Of course. Um, that's a really good question, Tim. Uh, we've had that question from a lot of different business owners and I think right. it's, you know, I, I kind of want to go deeper on this topic with you, but, uh, poaching is definitely not uncommon in the construction industry. Like, walking up to a competitor's job site, dropping off your business cards, or just telling someone like you said, you'll pay them a dollar more an hour, trying to steal an employee in the industry is nothing new. Um, right. You know, when we first actually went out, uh, before we started building Hammer, we interviewed nearly 100 people in the field that were working on it day to day. Yep. And we found a really interesting pattern in many of the responses. And though a pay increase, like you were kind of signaling at, was attractive, uh, company culture and how they were treated within mm -hmm. the company or within their crew was the leading indicator that we found whether someone wants to stay at the company or leave the company. So I, I definitely understand the, um, the being the devil's advocate of we don't want to offer our uh, labor force to potentially get poached. But, um, you know, on the flip side is, and we've seen this time and time again is, and we've even developed this theory in hammer is construction's most powerful recruitment tool is its own workforce. And so it's just a mirror. If you, if you're putting your workforce out there, but you don't treat them very well, of course they're going to get stolen because they don't like working right. for you. Yeah. If you treat them well, and it reminds me of i uh, I'm probably going to butcher this, but it's the Richard Branson quote. It's something yes. like uh, if you treat people well, enough, so well that they can leave, or sorry, sorry, I, I messed it up. If you train people so well that they can leave, but treat them well enough that they don't want to, then right. they'll keep working for you. Yeah. And yeah. so we have this, we have this uh, philosophy of hammer that we really believe empowering that next generation workforce will attract the right people to the right businesses and the better the fit, obviously the better the outcome. So I, I definitely understand the fear, but it's something that's, you know, we, we have to do things differently or we're just going to repeat history. And Tim, it's one of the things that you said on one of your previous podcasts. And, you know, I, I truly believe that uh, right now the fear in the market exists because everyone is pulling from the same labor pool, of course, you know, but as we start building the industry and more people see it as attractive, obviously the labor pool is going to expand. And then these businesses start finding the right fit rather than taking anyone who's available or just at the right price. So um, that, that's kind of my thoughts, but I definitely understand that um, being a perspective, everyone's pulling from the same labor pool. Everyone has the same fear, but you know, when you look at other industries, even uh, the software industry, I mean, to a certain extent, there's still a massive labor shortage there. That's why some of these salaries are so high, yeah. um, but they offer incredible transparency. And that's why they are able to work with these companies that they love working at maybe besides the ping pong tables and the uh, bean bags, but <laughs> yeah. you know, when you offer that transparency into who's working at a company, how do they like working on the project? 
Uh, what's the culture like? You know, that $2 or a dollar extra an hour is not going to, not going to matter. If you like working with the crew and the business that you're at, you shouldn't be empowering your best employees to bring more people like that into the business. Yeah. So Breck, tell me about um, kind of just the establishment. I mean, you've got this gigantic following on uh, Instagram, you know, 200 close to 220,000 followers. Now, when did that start to take shape and the genesis of coming into the development of hammer and, you know, looking at, uh, you know, trying to solve the labor shortage. So like just run us through building that following and, and how that took shape. Yeah. Um, good question, Steve. It, it feels like a, a journey as well. Um, <laughs> Maybe I'll jump into my, my story a little bit because both of those kind of blend okay. into each other yeah. on how I got started and everything. But um, my background leading up to the, the Builders of Insta thing and everything on social media, um, just a little bit of background myself. I was born and raised in Spokane. I grew up in a construction family, as you touched on, Steve, in the intro. Uh, but the majority of my weekends as a kid were spent with my grandpa. He was a logger and equipment operator. And so uh, every weekend I would go over there, help him out and tinker with things in the shop and everything, get in a little bit of trouble. And then, you know, occasionally get the opportunity to work with him and ride in his, uh, in his cat as he built these roads. Um, and I posted on the Builders of Instant and Hammer channel earlier, uh, a couple weeks ago and telling that story. But, you know, as I got older, I started doing drywall with my dad. He's a subcontractor and we worked on spec homes and custom homes. And, I uh, continued working with him, uh, doing the summer jobs and the weekend jobs. And how, how, how this started to come about is, you know, after I graduated and went off to, uh, to a college, I um, started studying pre-med. <laughs> it was a lot of the pressures from high school and becoming a doctor or a lawyer was uh, heavily pushed during this time, both from school counselors and parents, as you guys have touched on probably many of your podcasts. But uh I quickly learned during that first year that it was of no interest to me. So I switched to finance. I wanted to do something more in business. My family was entrepreneurial. I knew that if I got a degree in business or finance, that it would be applicable to any industry that I chose to be fitting. And so uh, during my senior year of college, I remember I, w I was doing the interview process and I remember job shouting for this position that was more like sales than finance. And that was the kicker for me. I found myself less interested in the corporate career, um, became much more interested in building something from the ground up. And, um, you know, to be honest, after, after college, I wasn't entirely sure what I wanted to do. It was definitely not pre-med. Um, and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. So I started working with my dad after college. Um, and that's where I really became frustrated with how outdated things were. The communication on the job site was terrible. We couldn't find great people. Um, the turnover was really high. Um, and one particular experience is the, the bid sheets that we were getting from the builders weren't showing up on the iPhones or the iPads. And this was so frustrating because the majority of people in the construction industry, they don't work in their desk all the time. They're out in the field. They're on the phone. They're on the iPads. This is when a lot of the light bulbs for me started going off. And so uh, from there, I thought the, the problem is we needed to create a website where people could find good subs. And everybody <laughs> likes good subs, right? Um, but the majority during when I was building that first company, um, the majority of the companies that we were getting feedback from were asking if this would help the labor. And that's when the, another light bulb went off. It was all the conversations that we had around the dinner table around finding good people to hire. And it was such a problem for us. 
And that's where I found the problem. And that was the labor shortage. Um, I started diving into the, the workforce development stuff. And uh, that's where I really felt like I found my calling. There was so much talk like around, you guys stated at the beginning of the, the podcast, there was so much talk around attracting the next generation. And the really cool thing about that for me personally is I was directly in this category. And that gave me a sense of purpose in the industry. Working on my dad's site, I was working next to, no offense to anyone listening to the podcast, but I was working right next to some of these older guys. And it was really hard to relate to people in the industry. And so um, where it started to transition more to Instagram is uh, after several months of trying to build that first company, the bidding platform, um, I closed it down because I was running out of the uh, personal money and we needed to pivot to solve something more around the labor shortage. And so, uh, you know, I put hammer on pause, uh, the workforce development idea, and I needed to save up some money to go at it again. And that's where uh, I began to start the builders events, the thing. Um, but the, the, the story on the Instagram stuff started three years ago. I was kind of in this little position of, you know, I ran out of money, so to say, we needed to pivot to a different product to solve the labor shortage or at least be some kind of solution for it. And so I started out on Instagram about three years ago. I was building the bidding site. We were setting up our social media profiles and I started noticing some people in the construction industry on Instagram. And that's for me, I think it was probably the, uh, the big epiphany <laughs> where I became inspired by what some of these people were doing. You guys know this and everyone else listening to this, the building industry is very regional. It's about what's going around you in your own city and pretty much everything outside of that before social media didn't necessarily exist. Nobody knew what kind of materials or practices were going on across the United States. And so um, th this inspiration hit me and uh, I started screenshotting the photos and um, I would go to people's websites. I would find photos and this just became like a game for me. I was like, I just want to find the best builders that I can find. I grew up in the home building side and I just wanted to find the best photos and best projects that were out there. And then after I was doing this, I just had so many photos on my phone. And one day I was like, well, you know, if I like this, I'm sure there's got to be someone else out there that likes this. And so I knew after college that there was a stigma around construction. And I was like, if this has kind of shaped my better perception of this is a very boring industry to me being inspired by all these projects that I was finding there's got to be one other person out there in the world that will find this. Um, and so that's where I started the, the channel called builders of Insta. We put hammer um, on pause and uh, needed to save up some money and everything. And that's where we started builders of Insta started sharing the photos and crediting the builders. But I will debunk one thing. Um, a lot of people just think builders of Insta just took off overnight. It definitely did not. Um, it probably took six or more months to actually pick up some traction. But the thing is, is I was never doing it for the followers from the beginning. It was just, I would, it was the game for me. Like I was saying, it was just sharing the coolest builders that I could find. And, you know, as the followers grew, it just became a signal to me that, Hey, keep going and finding the, the coolest builders out there. And then what I actually started to see was this bigger idea of, you know, not, how can we go find the best photos of builders, but how could we build a platform that changed my perception, but could do it for other people. 
and it's actually been in, I think we just recently changed it to, to focus on some workforce stuff now in the bio, but that was probably part of our bio for two years was from the start is helping change the perception of construction. And it was trying okay. to leverage the people actually in the industry building these things. And so, so let's uh, make the, so Breck, let's make the leap yeah, from, yeah. from a lot of cool pictures on either Instagram or the website. There, yep. There's a lot of great stuff there to, uh, to improving the labor pool. So how does that, how is, how's that connection made? I mean, are, are you getting people following that are not in the business yet and are getting inspired by some of these great things or uh, how, how does that connection work? Yeah, uh, absolutely. There, there's both people in the industry and there's also people interested in it. Um, countless times we've been a message from people in the younger generation. I even remember connecting one. Um, I think it's been about two months now, but uh, he was based out in Georgia, Georgia and he was looking for good builders to work for. And obviously he came to me and I was like, I yeah. know some builders and I'm going to tap into the Georgia network that I know. And I'm going to try to help you find a good job with one of the most amazing builders that I know. And so not only was the, the followers and the photos a signal that, Hey, maybe there is something here um, showcasing a better light on the industry, but people were actually coming to us saying, we need a good builder. You know, what's a good company to work for? Some people would even come for us, come to us and say, you know, uh, do you know any plumbers? We'd connect them to a builder, <laughs> builder that knew a good plumber. And so it was just a snowball effect. Okay. So let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Cabinetry crafted by people who care. That's our motto here at Wellborn Cabinet. Every cabinet we make is crafted with hard work, pride, and attention to detail. Our doors are hand-sanded and both framed and frameless options are available. We offer a wide selection of solid oak, maple, hickory, and cherry door styles in a variety of beautiful finishes. Proudly made in the USA, choose Wellborn. Cabinetry crafted by people who care. Okay, Breck, so we talked about the change of perception. Now, I went to college, you went to college, Tim went to college. Um, it seemed to be my path growing up. I started ornamental horticulture. You want to talk about realizing that's not what you want to do. <laughs> my first plant science class. But, um, you know, we're, we then find ourselves drawn to construction for whatever reason. If it's a talent we see we have, we're interested in it. But the change of perception is the clear-cut direction of young people to college and maybe into a corporate business or tech setting. Where, where do you see that happening? Tim spoke at a high school a couple months ago, and the first thing I said to him was, take this list of Instagram handles so <laughs> kids can see that. Yours was the top of the list because I think it's – I find it so cool um, to, to look at that stuff. But um, what's the big – What's, how are you helping change the perception? Yeah, I, I think that's a good question, uh, Steve, because I think that's where a lot of the focus is nowadays. I mean, first and foremost, uh, as an industry, we need to better meet the generation where they're at. It's their phones. They're scrolling through social media. Um, you know, a majority of the industry, whether we want to hear it or not, is filled w with brochure marketing that doesn't clearly represent what's actually going on in the industry. Um, you know, enabling these, the younger generation to experience the industry in a modern way, 
at their fingertips and to perceive it in a way that's engaging for them is going to be the most important thing that we can do as an industry to keep building the future workforce. And, uh, you know, I was listening to one of your previous podcasts, Tim, um, and the phrase that you had brought up, and, and I've heard this countless times, is uh, the younger people aren't interested. Right. And I'm not right. trying to say this isn't true, but I also do believe it's a very limiting belief. Right. I think as an industry, um, we need to see it as an opportunity to do things different. You know, at yeah. Hammer, we ask ourselves, and this is what I want to get into is the perception and experience difference. But, you know, at Hammer, we ask ourselves every single day, how can we design or build an experience, AKA for us, it's an app, an experience that brings attractiveness and sexiness to the industry. And I think as an industry, we should be asking and reinforcing the question of how would the generation, this next generation like to experience the industry versus why don't they do it the way that we always wanted, the, the way that we always did it. I think we're asking the wrong question. So let me ask this question with regard to that. Yeah. Is, you know, the, the, again, looking at it from a previous generation, we kind of go, look, building hasn't really changed that much. I mean, we're still using nails and a saw and people, somebody has to carry all that stuff mm -hmm. on the job site and blah, 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 blah. And so when you say a different experience, so many of us don't understand what you mean by that. If you mean I'm sitting at home looking at my computer and I'm seeing fancy pictures of job sites. Okay. But the experience of building, like how, how is that different for, yeah. how does it need, let me ask this. How does it need to be different for the next generation mm -hmm. to attract people to it? That's a, that's a good question. Um, so let's touch on changing the perception versus what changing the experience is like. Okay. So, um, you know, we talked a little bit about impacting the next generation. Um, but I think, I think changing the perception and changing the experience is kind of two different things for changing the perception. This is more like painting the picture of possibility of the future. Yeah. That's yep. career path information. That's raising awareness around trades. That's appealing to and educating the parents and high school yes. counselors. Yes. Changing the experience where we're positioned, it's about designing a place in which the next generation can engage in the industry that's exciting. And what that means is they can interact with people in their trade. They can learn about new ones. They can explore different types of projects or materials or practices. They can build their digital resume and this, this network that enables them to easy, easily access these job opportunities. And that's ultimately what we think changing the experience is versus what changing the perception is. Now, the, I, I think both of these things go hand in hand. I don't think you can have one without the other. You can't have a change of perception with a better experience, and so, or, or vice versa. And what's, I think what's been really cool about you know, us building Hammer these last few months is um, people don't feel the stigma on the platform. You know, they feel a sense of community. Okay. There's no pressure from society on our platform. Yep. And, you yep. know, when people start thriving on this and they can feel fully engaged in their career, they're able to immerse themselves into a community that fully supports them versus always having these controversial arguments on social media, Facebook, and these other platforms of vocational school versus established university or, 
the division of social classes and there's so many other more topics, but I think for our experiences, providing them a, a community and a network that fully supports them and nurtures them and designs a career path for them. So for a business owner who hears this and really, because we have a lot of business owners and managers that listen in on this podcast, what, what can they do to embrace this thing that you're talking about and that you're working on other than, I mean, I guess obviously they can join in the community and get conversations going and stuff like that, but give us your feedback on how could they, you know, not only reach these people, but also participate in that community? Yeah, good question. Um, I think it goes back to one of the philosophies that we touched on a little bit ago, um, but it's primarily around uh, the industry's workforce, it's its most powerful recruitment tool. I think in terms of Hammer, um, you know, this kind of goes back to the question around stealing employees and everything. Right, right. And I think for, for Hammer, the, the, the question could be for the business owners, how can we use Hammer in a way that enables our best employees to attract this next generation, a solid pipeline of talent, and use this as a tool to get in front of the next generation. So, Participating in the hammer, not only are we driving a ton of exposure for the businesses that are following our movement and the application, but we're also designing this experience where they can fully participate in it and enable their own workforce to attract more people, more like-minded people to their business. So, Brick, one thing you know that I always say on this podcast is, you know, when you're looking to attract younger people. Um, the construction is, is hard. It's very hard. And you, if you've ever carried a piece of drywall across a, you know, a work site on a windy day, you know what it's like to be a sailboat. I mean, you know, it's, it's a very, it's tough. It's hands are hurting all the time. It's hands, you know, bleeding. I do think that's an important part of what you do where you show both sides, you show the beautiful house, you know, the sexy house, as you put it, and then you show the actual process of it happening. So I understand what you're saying with workforce. The workforce is the important recruiting tool. But um, where, so what are you doing? So how are you getting in front of young people? Is, it, is there a, a guerrilla marketing side that you are besides the social media? I mean, how is it getting to them yeah. um, to, to see this? It's, it's definitely uh, social media. We have also some larger influencers that are part of Hammer. Some of them are YouTubers. Um, the thing that's actually been mind-blowing is that uh, one of our members, uh, Matt Baineswood, if you guys heard of him, he's 23. He's a framer, has built this massive following on YouTube. And he just shows how to frame buildings, how to do certain things on the job site. And the craziest thing to me is so many people have said and have shown his YouTube videos being taught in classes. And so his association with us, and he's been just a massive, first and foremost, a really good friend to me, but also a massive supporter for Hammer. So um, him being associated with us has enabled us to get in front of these uh, younger people that, excuse me, look up to this 23 year old framer. (laughs) And so that that's definitely helped, but I think it's, a, it's not only us and the, maybe the guerrilla marketing that we do and the social media, but it's also, you know, one thing that I do want to shed light on is these trade associations that are making significant strides in the construction industry. Yeah. Like, for example, uh, I know you guys were talking about 
uh, Nari a, a few weeks ago, but I want, I want to touch on a different one and that's, you know, NKBA and they're doing their, their careers tour. And so while I don't want to try to make the argument that we're fully going to be able to solve the labor shortage, I think there's so many different parties contributing to this. And I I'd recently come across uh, some data from NKBA and with their career tours. What I found super interesting was with their career tours, they had surveyed 6,000 students. 25% of these high school students felt like they had a good understanding of construction careers. So AKA a majority of the industry has no perception or, or uh, any facts about the industry. And probably now, those 25 really didn't. It, yeah, exactly. They, yeah, <laughs> for sure. I agree, Tim. And, but, but what's super interesting is that, you know, after that careers tour, 90% of the students reported a positive view on the construction career after participating in it. So yeah. to go back to your question, you know, meeting these younger students as we're getting involved with these associations, you know, builders of Insta, gosh, you know, building that for three years. Sometimes I was questioning my sanity of why I was actually building it. But, you know, I, I will say that it's opened so many doors to be able to work with incredible people and get in front of these, this next generation. And, uh, you know, w- one thing that I will say is me primarily being in the, the next generation or even, you know, I'm 27, I would say I'm a little bit, I can connect with some of the older generation and the younger generation, but I would say that's probably been one of our biggest avenues of attracting the next generation as I fully embody that, you know, I can wake up and feel like, you know, I have purpose and our mission with hammer and everything. So it's really helped connect with that next generation. But, uh, you know, by all means, I'm not trying to come on the podcast and get all the credit for it. There's some amazing associations um, allocating a ton of resources, but also delivering on it. Not just talking about it, Tim and Steve, like actually delivering on it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, what we're trying to do is just position ourselves to um, be the vehicle that actually continues this experience forward to keep the next generation engaged. Yeah. All so right. Brick, well, real quick. I'm just with, um, you know, there's keep craft alive. There's yeah. Mike Rowe. There's a lot of different, we had Rob Yeager on here. Um, mm-hmm. Just a lot of people that are doing certain things now. Um, are you, so you, you're with NKBA and Nari, are you working with any other organizations hand in hand on this? We haven't uh, officially announced any uh, partnership or anything with these organizations. Okay. I would say that, you know, being involved with uh, the National Association of Home Builders, uh, getting the foot in the door was, yes, it was part of our following too, but, you know, hosting these meetups, it was, it was similar to kind of like a Keep Craft Alive. They're, they're obviously much more established and have raised a ton of money for uh, the next generation, these trade schools and everything. Um, but for us, we, we've been pretty involved with the NAHB um, okay. where we've hosted meetups. We've raised some money for skilled trades. And so, um, but we haven't fully announced any part, uh, partnerships with them, but uh, I think that's yeah. definitely an avenue for us to get involved. Definitely Absolutely. respect a lot of their movements. Um, one thing that I will say about, you know, the Keep Craft Alive and some of these other movements is significantly boosted morale in the industry. Oh, yeah. oh, significantly. Yes. Oh, yeah. And if you, yeah. if you can empower people to actually believe in a future, damn, you can do some pretty amazing things. That, <laughs> I think that's one of the coolest yeah. things about all of the uh, people doing um, these types of movements. Yeah. And I yeah. got one last question, Tim. Sorry. I just, right. I, I love this topic and um, <laughs> we got, 
So, I'm getting um, an education, that's for sure. Well, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, it's not just young people, too. It's the 25 or 30-year-old person that realizes he did take a wrong step in maybe becoming pre-med or going into tech or going in, <laughs> mm-hmm. becoming an accountant. And he's like, man, I really wish I could build. So, And then, you know, somebody we just got off a podcast with was a female league carpenter. So it's it's how do we do this in front of a large subset of people, not just age or gender, all classes, all races. You know, do you find that we can get everyone involved in this workforce development? How do you see that happening? Absolutely. Um, you know, your, your point about bringing up the, you know, if you took the wrong career path, whether it was sales, tech, pre-med, um, you know, I have multiple friends and, you know, one of them I was talking to a few weeks ago is he, uh, he always kept trying to go back into sales, go back into sales, go back into sales, go back into sales. And his <laughs> wife actually told him, you know, he was better at building things. And he is one of the most passionate people that I know of now. And it's the ability for people to actually connect in the industry and um, realize that they actually have talents to succeed. And I, I think first and foremost is we have to build that transparency between, okay, someone who wants to come into the industry. Okay. How can we connect them to the job opportunities? How can they see the industry in a different way of, okay, you may not have to go work for your dad or something. You, there's other businesses out there that exist, but I think as an industry as a whole is we need to up the level of professionalism, both on the worker side and the company side, the way you represent yourself as a brand and as a company, um, we're significantly making those improvements. And even the, uh, you know, the, the women in construction thing, I, I get super excited about that too. And there's one thing that I really want to highlight is you know, I, I think uh, there's this big push for women in construction, which I think definitely needs to happen. We have such a small percentage of women actually in the workforce. And the, the cool thing is, is, you know, even on the Hammer app is we, we have this union carpenter that's part of the app. And um, none of us see her as a girl in the trades. She posts photos. She talks about her skills, getting into the industry. And it's, she's just building badass things. And we just treat her as an amazing carpenter. And I think once we actually start tailoring the, tailoring the industry as we don't care what your age is, whether you're next generation, whether you're a woman coming into the industry, we welcome you as a family and here are the resources for you to be as, as successful as you can. I think once we start building that narrative, narrative and relentlessly drive that forward is when things start um, welcoming more people into the industry because you know, we could talk about this and go into a rabbit hole, guys, but you know, getting, the, getting into the industry, if you don't have a family member or some direct connection, isn't the easiest thing to do in the industry. Right. And if it is, it's going to take you a long time to be successful in it. You're going to have to scratch, crawl, grind, everything that you have mm-hmm. to do. And so I think once we actually start welcoming, welcoming people with an open arm versus, hey, this is exclusively construction, um, I think that's when we make more strides. Well. This is really cool, and I'm feeling a little bit like I need to sit back and meditate for a while on some of this stuff. I think, Breck, one of the things that may be a, a, a good challenge for you is to find a way to reach out to some of us that are older who can also participate because we've got glamour shots too. You know, I mean, just kind of putting me into a, a category, but I think the bigger the impact from the whole industry I think, I think what you're trying to do is going to have a, a much bigger impact. But this is really cool stuff. And I, 
I don't want anyone to think that Breck and I have any, I, I agree with so much of what he said. You couldn't see me, but I have my thumbs up, you know, like, yeah, boy, that, you know, say it because there's so much about the perception of this business that we need to change. And the path in, I love what you're just saying, the path in, you know, I, I'm very proud to say a lot of the remodeling companies that I work with, they have apprentices coming in and they're treating them with respect and they're training them even though they may not stay, you know, they, and they stay. But, but I, so I think a lot, some of the population is doing exactly what you're talking about, but getting it out to the wider population is just a fantastic thing. So I thank you so much for being here, uh, helping me broaden my horizons a little bit. And, uh, and, and like you said, giving some optimism. Uh, we, we need it, but, and I agree and wholeheartedly, you know, you get down negative on it and you'll never go anywhere. You be positive about it, be optimistic about it, and you can do a lot of great things. I agree. You got to be the change you want to see. There you go. That's a yeah. good statement. Hey, Breck, thank you so much for joining us today. This was, this was great. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for uh, giving me the opportunity, guys. Yeah, and I guess where can people find you, Hammer? Yeah, yeah. so on Instagram, yeah, on Instagram, people can find us uh, at We Are Hammer. There's no E in Hammer. You can uh, find us also at Builders of Insta. And then my personal Instagram account is just my first and last name, Breck Goen. Um, so Instagram is definitely my preferred platform for people to, <laughs> to find me. And then uh, if, if you'd like to join the Hammer application, you can connect with me. It's just my first and last name, Brett going on Hammer, and uh, be more than happy to connect with you. Fantastic. Thank Great. you very much. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks, guys. So, Tim, this, I mean, I, I knew I, I was kind of jazzed about this one. I, you know, where we talk a lot about the labor shortage, the workforce development. This is another avenue that it's happening. Um, but I know you really picked up on it. I did too, but changing the experience and changing the perception was huge. Yeah, it's it's gigantic. And, you know, an awful lot of it has to do with career path. And, and, and again, the NKV, you know, statistics, I doubt that 25% of the people they surveyed had any clue what the prospects were in construction. You know, it's just people don't know the great income they can have, the great experience they can have. It's just really important that we change that both at the high school level, as well as you know, coming out of college, because I've said this before, I don't know how many contractors I know now who graduated from college with a degree and now they're a contractor. Many, many, many of them. Yeah. And that's going to be true of this next generation if we can inspire them, you know, to, to join in with what we do. Well, this was fantastic. Once again, we want to thank Brett Gohan for joining us today. We want to thank you for listening to another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. And remember, at The Tim Fowler Show, we're working hard to eliminate it is what it is from your vocabulary. This has been another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. Want to hire Tim and fast track your growth? Visit remodelersadvantage.com consulting to learn more. And if you'd like more information about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program, please send me an email at steve at remodelersadvantage.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.